Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Would you open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 4? First Corinthians chapter four, verse five. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart. Amen. Judge nothing before the time. God's got it all under control and nothing's going to happen anyway until he comes and everything will be brought to fruition and light. Amen. God, I thank you for your word tonight, today. Bless it to our lives. It's anointed, it's powerful, Lord. Help me, God, to deliver, Lord, this sermon, this message, and bless the hearts of the hearers. God, in the name of Jesus, we pray. We say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to preach on the subject, judge not. Judge not. Amen. There are two things that we need to absolutely be certain of. Amen. And and to please God and to be successful in our walk with God. And one of those things is there's only one God. Amen. And the second thing is I'm not him. Can everybody say that? There's only one God and I'm not him. Amen. When you get those things down, it takes a lot of pressure off. It should take a lot of pressure off. All right, I'm not God. I don't have to be a judge. I don't have to sit and I don't have to, you know, run referee over everybody and see what's going on. Amen. You see, God is the creator. God is sovereign. Amen. Which means he possesses absolute power, absolute authority. What he says goes and he always has the final say and he can do whatever he wants. Amen. Now, God is the lawgiver and God is the judge. Isaiah 33 verse 22 said, For the Lord is our judge, and the Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king, and he will save us. James 4.12 said, There's one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Amen. So God is the one that's the judge. God is the one that's the lawgiver and the, the governor of the laws. Amen. When we talk about the Ten Commandments and the law of Moses, the Old Testament law, and all the New Testament laws and the commandments and so forth, God created them. God gave them. Amen. And God uh, sees them through. Amen. And we don't need to be worried, uh, amen, about being a judge over others. Amen. God made the rules and the laws that govern his kingdom. 
And although he did bind himself to those rules and laws, amen, his word is forever settled in heaven. And he, he does confine himself to a point to his word because he doesn't, he's not a liar, amen, but he does have latitude and he does have some leeway. And we don't understand all that, amen, but that's why I'm, I'm just cautioning all of us and anybody that under the sound of my voice, amen, that might hear this on the podcast someday in the future, amen. Amen. Judge nothing before the time. Amen. Until the Lord come, and then everything's going to be sorted out. Amen. What people get in trouble is, when they get in trouble is where they try to step into God's role and be the judge and the lawgiver. Only God is all-knowing. Only God is all-powerful. Only God is all-wise. Amen. And we are none of the above. Yeah, we have some wisdom and we have some power. We, we have some knowledge, amen. But really, all of the good stuff comes from God anyway. So He is the originator. The worst thing about see, setting yourself over others as a judge is that you will be judged right back. And I don't know about you, but I don't like to be judged. Amen. We know people bully people. People, you know, are harsh with other people. People judge people. People look down their nose at people in, in this life, you know, especially, you know, kids at school and even, you know, at work or at school and, and, and at home or different places. And nobody, you know, likes that. It, it's not a pleasant thing. Amen. And so we, we don't want to be judged. We shouldn't judge. Because if you judge, you will be judged. Amen. You don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. You condemn, you'll be condemned. That's what the Bible says. So we don't want to put ourselves in that place. Let God do that stuff. Let God take care of it. Let God worry about it. Yeah, but you don't understand. No, don't worry. God's going to handle it. It'll be okay. Amen. Since nobody's perfect, it's not a smart idea to open yourself up to unnecessary judgment. Amen. Like the old saying goes, uh, he who lives in glass houses should not throw rocks. Could backfire on you. Amen. And I think every single one of us lives in a glass house because we're not perfect. Amen. And someday we might stumble. And someday we might be misunderstood. And someday people might do a snap judgment on us and a first impression that was wrong. And they might be looking at appearances only and not really delving into the facts of the matter. Amen. And so we need to do that too. we we got to be careful. Praise God. Amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Romans 2, 1 said, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For when thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. Amen. You might not be doing the thing that you're judging that person of, but you're doing something else that someone else is going to judge you for. Amen. Who are you preaching to? The back wall, whatever. I mean, I'm preaching to everybody. I'm preaching just to, I'm preaching what God put on my heart. Amen. I I found it safe to do that. Praise God. Whatever he puts on my heart, I'm preaching it. Praise God. Some people, sadly, have put themselves in the position to be judge, jury, and hangman. Isn't that nice? They do the whole package deal. Okay, we're judging. All right, jury, guilty. Okay, come on over here. And you know. Hang them up. 
taking care of the whole thing for you, God. Don't worry. I know you're busy. No, God doesn't need help with that. Amen. They think they know it all and have a corner on the market and know exactly what's going on and with who and what and this and that. But they are just self-appointed and self-anointed. Amen. And will someday be very disappointed when they find out uh, when the Lord comes because they judge before the time and He's going to make manifest, uh, amen, the hidden things of the heart and the things that were in darkness uh, and people are going to be shocked who's not in heaven and who is in heaven, amen. And some of the people that thought they were even going to get in heaven to see who was making sure they were in heaven aren't even going to make it there if they don't be careful. Yeah, when I get to heaven, I'm going to make sure everybody that I was judge, jury, and hangman over is not here because, God, I'm doing you a favor here, you know. We've got we to thin out the riffraff and stuff. Oh, no, God doesn't need that kind of help. You say, well, nobody does that. Oh, boy. Somebody does that. People do that. Amen. People will be in danger of missing the very place they're judging others not to be worthy of. Sad. I don't want to judge. Amen. Praise God. I'm just going to, you know, I, I just, I got my soul that I got to live for God. Amen. Amen. And yeah, I'm concerned about other souls. I'm concerned about my wife and kids, but they got their own souls and they got to do it. I can't judge them either. We all live and stand on our own. Praise God. Amen. Matthew 23, 13. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for ye neither go in yourselves, neither suffer them that are entering to go in. Amen. So some of these Pharisees, they were all thinking they were all that in a bag of chips and a slurpee, and they weren't even even in the right ballpark. Praise God. They weren't even doing the right thing. Amen. Jesus said, search the scriptures, you Pharisees, scribes and Sadducees. He He said, in them you think you have eternal life, but if they are they which testify of me. And if you don't come to the conclusion that I am the whole crux of the matter, that I am, amen, the end all of the scriptures, that it all points to Jesus Christ, God manifest in the flesh, then you don't have eternal life because eternal life is only through Jesus. It's not through just the word, a knowledge of the word. Amen. A head knowledge of the word is good, but you got to have a heart knowledge. The Bible said the letter killeth, but the spirit makes alive. And some people that are only word of God only with no spirit behind it, that can be danger, dangerous with the pharisaical attitude. we got to be careful. They're blind, and those that follow them sometimes are blind, and both will fall. Matthew 15, 14, let them alone, Jesus said. They're blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they both fall in the ditch. Who are you following? I'm following him. Who's he following? I don't know. He's got a blindfold on. That's dumb following that guy. But he seems like he knows his stuff. He's got a blindfold on. Yeah, but man, he's got a lot of scriptures and stuff. Okay. Nice knowing you. We'll see you guys in the hospital. When you fall in the ditch, usually you break something. You know, ankle or knee or something's going to happen. Amen. The Bible said that ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. They strain. That, that word means to sift or filter. Like sifting flour through a sifter. They, they sift out the smaller and less significant things of the law. Amen. And don't pay attention to the most important things like mercy and faith and the love of God. 
They gulp those down and I don't even think about that. But then they're like filtering out every little thing and making sure everybody's crossing every I, every T and dotting every I. We got to be careful with that. It's like it's kind of a spiritual pride. There should be no pride in the spiritual sense. Amen. Because it's by the grace of God I am what I am. And God's blood is what did it. And God's name is what did it. And God's spirit is what did it. And God's word is what did it. I couldn't do it. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. And not of works. Lest any man should boast. There's no boasting. No flesh should glory in His presence. There's no boasting. Amen. And I didn't realize God, that Jesus said you shall know them by their fruits and we can be fruit inspectors. You know, we're compared to trees and, you know, a, and a good tree brings forth good fruit and an evil tree brings forth evil fruit. Amen. And, and, you know, when it comes to who your kids are hanging around and who you want to hang around because evil communications corrupt good morals and manners and we understand all that. But I'm not talking about that. I know that you can do, you can be a fruit inspector without a judge, without being a judge. Because you're just, you know, you can pick your friends and, and, you know, make some good judgments, so to speak. But that's not being a judge like I'm talking about. Amen. You see, when you judge, you usually you end up destroying people's lives instead of helping them. Amen. A judgmental attitude and a, a judgmental spirit doesn't stay with the person that's doing it. Amen. They usually talk about it. They usually verbalize it. And then their thoughts become out in the open. And uh, that person shares his or her thoughts with others around them. And then others become affected in a bad way. Amen. You can call it gossip. You can call it whatever. Amen. John seven twenty four. Judge not according to appearance. How many times have something just looks not right? It looks bad, but it's not bad at all, maybe. You know, and, and we know we know the Bible says abstain from the very appearance of evil. You know, that's what we're supposed to do. But, you know, sometimes it's just so coincidental and so, you know, just on the surface. And it's, it's, it looks just, it's a perfect storm and it's nothing wrong at all. But, you know, we just happen to see some, <gasps> I gotta call somebody. I gotta call a hundred people on the phone. Somebody's gotta know this. I don't. I couldn't believe that person was there, or was this, or that. And you don't know the circumstances. Don't judge according to appearance. Appearances can be deceiving, right? That's why we're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, right? Amen. I've bought plenty of books where the cover is like, eh, whatever. But someone said, hey, it's in, what's inside looks pretty good. That's a great story. Amen. Man can only look on the outward appearance. That's why we can't judge by appearance. God said that man looks on the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. You can't see my heart right now. I can't see your heart. Now, the only way I see your heart is what you say out of your mouth and what you do and your mannerisms and your facial expressions. Those are all indications that come from your heart because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Amen. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. So what you are and what you do and what you say is your heart. And eventually, that's how I can know what's in your heart. But I don't know what's in your heart right this second. Because you're all just like staring at me and some are smiling and some are just 
Some are tired and some are like, this rain is making, you know, I had a big old cinnamon roll and I'm ready to go to bed or whatever. You know, who knows? But, but you, know, you know, I don't know your heart and you don't know my heart, but God knows. That's why the judge needs to be, the judge needs to be stay, stay with the one that knows what he's doing. Amen. Because judging can kill people and it can mess people up. We got to be, you know, Christians about things. And let love be our motivation more than anything else. There's the letter of the law, and then there's the heart of the law that only God controls and governs. There are times when God will follow the heart of the law instead of the letter of the law, and He makes allowances accordingly. The Pharisees, scribes, and Sadducees in time of Jesus' ministry, they followed the letter of the law, but even then they would tell people what the right thing to do, but they wouldn't even do it. So that's why he called them hypocrites. But they, they would follow the letter of the law down to the very, just little, this. But then they would, you know, strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. Amen. So we would do good to take this into consideration the next time we might try to set ourselves up as a judge. Amen. Hey, hallelujah. Until we know the full story, uh, that we got to look at it with the heart of the matter. Amen. And you know, really, right now, God's not even on the judgment seat. Did you know that? He's on a mercy seat. This is a dispensation of grace we're in. Amen. If you, if you know Bible dispensations, this is a dispensation of grace. Amen. This is the church age. This is where God is long-suffering, and God is compassionate, and God is full of grace and mercy. It doesn't mean people are going to get away with anything. It just means He gives people a longer space to get it right. Amen. And that's different than the Old Testament. The Old Testament was, you messed up, and boom, it's right away. Boom, boom, boom. That's why anybody that wants to say, hey, I wish I was back in the Old Testament days. Nope, not me. You'd be back there by yourself. You remember those Old Testament days? That was rough times back then when the Ten Commandments hit. You know, kids were rebellious against their parents. Hey, what do we do with this kid, Moses? Yeah, go over there and throw rocks at him. There'd be no kids left, you know, in this, this day and age. I would have been gone. I would have been a goner. Like, I wouldn't even have made it past like four or five years old, probably. Amen. You know, hey, what do we do with this guy? What do we do with this? It was like, boom, boom, boom. It's like, I'll take the New Testament. I'll take after God becomes a man and walks a mile in our moccasins and sees what we're really going through. Amen. And then all of a sudden, he's changing the way he does things. Amen. And the heart of the law gets infused into the letter of the law after Calvary. Amen. And God is a different God. Amen. He understands us even more. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And he was tempted at all points like as we are. And we can boldly come before him. And grace is there. Mercy and long-suffering. And that's why His church should be, we are the body, He's the head. We should exemplify, we should take on the characteristics of the head of the church and be long-suffering with people. Amen. Mark chapter 2, verse 23. And it came to pass that He went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. This is Jesus and the disciples. And His disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do, thy, do they uh, on the Sabbath day do that which is not lawful? Amen. Because remember, according to the Ten Commandments, 
No work was allowed of any kind. It was forbidden on the Sabbath day. In Numbers chapter 15, remember I was talking about did something and boom. In Numbers chapter 15, these commandments were so new that when somebody transgressed them, they had to bring the guy to Moses and say, Moses, what do we do with this guy? He, he did this. And in Numbers chapter 15, a guy was picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. You say, well, what's wrong with that? And they came to Moses, hey, hey, you're doing work. You're gathering sticks on the Sabbath. Oh, you know, and so someone, you know, ratted him out, right? And then took him in. They were judging or whatever. <laughs> took him to Moses. Moses, what are we doing with this guy? He's picking up sticks. It's a Sabbath day. And then Moses went to God. What do we do? And then God said, go take him over there and throw rocks at him until he dies. You want to go be in the Old Testament? I don't think so. <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to be in the Old Testament. Praise God. So simply picking up sticks on the Sabbath day. And these guys were picking corn on the Sabbath day. That was considered work, harvesting. So against the law also. But Jesus answered these guys and said in verse 25, Have you never read what David did when he had need and he was hungered and he and they there with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. And you know what? David and his men were not condemned by God or punished by God for eating the showbread. That, that's that holy bread that was in the, in, the, in the house of God. Only the priests are allowed to touch that and eat that. But David was on the run when I was telling you, talking to you in, uh, earlier in Sunday school. David was on the run from King Saul. And on the way out of town, he went to him in the house of God. He said, hey, you got anything to give me to eat? You know, and my guys, we were, we got to get out of here quick. He said, no, we don't have any normal bread, any common bread. All we got's the holy bread. Amen. All we got's this bread that's only for the priest. And he said, well, get, can you give it to me? He said, well, and he asked him a couple questions. He all right. He reluctantly gave it to him. And God didn't punish David because, see, the heart of the law kicked in right there. Amen. Praise God. And Mark chapter 2, 27, Jesus went on to tell them the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. You see, before in the Old Testament, it was before Jesus. It was before God becoming a man. Now when you have God manifesting the flesh on the scene, He can make adjustments as He sees fit because He was showing them a better way. Amen. The law was going to be, amen, fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so he showed the heart of the law. They were in need. And he said, just like David and his men, they were in need. And so they, um, they got the, the bread from the holy place. Amen. And he, they did not get punished. Because God said, the heart of the law said, that's not too bad. It's okay. Amen. Jesus healed people on the Sabbath day in the synagogue at church. You would think, man, that's the everybody ought to be happy. This guy with the withered hand, he, he reaches and he, he heals them. Amen. And then they're in there at Burmary and said, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? I'm crying foul, you know, penalty. You don't heal on the Sabbath day? Not in the synagogue. What is this? You, know, you ought to be happy. How much more? What is, the be, what is the best place to get healed in the church? In the house of God. 
Amen. Yeah, but it's a Sabbath. You're doing work. If healing's doing work, hey, oh yeah, I know it's the work of God, but hey, that's getting a little ridiculous. And then there was a woman stooped over, like I don't know, curvature of the scoliosis, curvature of the spine. I mean, for like 18 years, she couldn't even lift herself up. And he healed her in the synagogue on the Sabbath also. And, and, the, and the, the, the rabbi that was in charge, he said, hey, there's six days to, for people to get healed. There's, there's no, none of this business happening inside this house on the Sabbath day. And Jesus said, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. And he called them out. And that's why I love, because Jesus knew what their lives were all about. And he said, hey, which one of you guys have some of your livestock? Amen. Your sheep or your oxen or your donkeys. Amen. When they're thirsty on the Sabbath, do you say, oh, sorry, can't go get water for you. That's work. Guess you're going to have to starve and, and get all thirsty, little donkey. You guys go get water for your animals on the Sabbath, don't you? Uh, and then it was like they were all uh, quiet. And then he said, and which one of you that has your livestock go out and they fall into a little ditch or whatever, are you going to leave them in that ditch overnight so Mr. Bear and Mountain Lion and Wolf can kill them? Or are you going to go on the Sabbath? Ooh, it's a Sabbath day. Sorry, you know, uh, Jersey cow or whatever. You're on your own, honey, you know. You know, here's a bow and arrow. Hope you can fight. It's a Sabbath. I can't do anything. No, you go get them out of that, that pit, don't you? Yes, you do. And they go, uh, uh-huh. How much more on the Sabbath should this lady been stooped over for 18 years be healed in the house of God? That's the heart of the law. Amen. So he said, therefore, listen to what he said, therefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath. Amen. Amen. He saw, so Jesus was there when they were picking the corn. He said, hey guys, you're violating the Sabbath. No, the Pharisees said it. Jesus didn't because they were hungry. It met a need. It wasn't anything malicious or anything flagrant. Amen. Just like David, they, they were hungry. They were in need. And then we come to another story where Jesus changed things and and the heart of the law kicked in. In John chapter 8 and early in the morning, verse 2, he came again to the temple and all the people came. So this is a packed out and people are in the temple and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. We caught her in the very act. We have witnesses. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? And they were, they were wanting to trip him up and say, we got this guy boxed in. Because if he says, forget about Moses, then they're going to say, this guy doesn't believe in anything. And if he does this other thing, and then we know what he did. He written, wrote on the ground, and he started probably writing about stuff that they did and that was wrong or whatever. Amen. But, you know, the law plainly states in Leviticus that adultery was punishable by death, too. You talk about that Old Testament again. Amen. I'm glad I'm in New Testament times. We're glad we're in New Testament times. There's so many things in Old Testament times and New Testament times that are, that are changing. Amen. This woman, she was caught in the very act. There was no question about her guilt. John 8, 7. He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone. Uh, that's not the answer we were looking for. 
We were looking for, hey, we're going to, can I join you for the Pharisees? I'm going to be a part of your buddies. Or he was going to walk away in shame. We had him dead to rights, but he changed things. And he said, hey, whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. Amen. Hallelujah. And then when he said, hey, woman, where's your accusers? Hey, there's nobody here. Amen. Just you, Lord. And you obviously didn't condemn me. He said, well, neither do I accuse you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. No one's throwing rocks at you today. It's a different day. The heart of the law kicked in. Judge not before the time. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then lastly, the thief on the cross in Luke chapter 23, one of the malefactors or thieves which was hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him. One of the thieves rebuked the other thief. Amen. Saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man had done nothing amiss. And he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And Jesus said, Lord, and, and Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Wait a minute, Jesus. How can you do that? How can it be? He was a convicted thief. And who knows what else he had going. Amen. The law, hey, the law is still in place until Jesus dies. Amen. So the law is still in, 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 uh, in, in ordinance right now. And so for this guy to be forgiven, he had to get off that cross, go get the particular animal that was used for sacrifice to take care of this uh, theft situation so that he would be right with God. And he couldn't do all that because he's on the cross. Amen. But Jesus said the heart of the law is kicking in right now. And I say you're forgiven. And I say you're going to be with me in paradise today. And that's the way it's going to be. I am sovereign. I am the judge. I am the lawgiver. I will say what it's going to be. Amen. Powerful. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. That's why I judge not according to appearance. Only God can be making some of these kind of things. That's why when you say, well, you know, I know that person's never going to, you know, or this person passed away. Yeah, they're not going to heaven. Or that person, no, I don't think they made it, whatever. You, we don't know. What do we know? Well, I know. Really? <laughs> judge, jury, and hangman. No, we don't know. Amen. There was one time in Mark chapter 9, Verse 38, and John answered him saying, Master, we saw a person casting out devils in your name, and he doesn't follow us, with us. Not part of our team, our group. And we told him to stop it, because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me, for he that is not against us is on our part. Well, he's not on our team. He's not part of our group. Therefore, Ixnay, buddy. Hit the road, Jack. You, you know, you don't, have a, you don't have the same name on your little card. You're not part of the team. You're not part of the group. And Jesus said, you know what? You guys are looking at it all differently. You guys are like judgmental. You know, when Jesus, one, one time when Jesus was going to go through Samaria, and he was just, you know, 
acting like he was going to go. And remember, the Samaritans didn't like the Jews, so the Samaritans gave kind of Jesus a little trouble when he was even thinking about going into Samaria. And John and some of the disciples saw the attitude that the Samaritans gave. And John said, Lord, should we command fire to come down from heaven like Elijah did and consume those Samaritans for giving you that spirit and that attitude? (laughs) And Jesus said, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't know what spirit you're of. You don't, we are not here to destroy men's lives, Jesus said. I came not to destroy, but to save. You guys better get a hold of my spirit, he said. We're not calling fire down. We're here to, to give the light. We're here to show the love. We're here to throw the lifeline and pull people out of the fire. We're not calling fire down. We're pulling people out of the fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 14, verse 4 said, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. So when we're all serving Jesus here, all of us in this place, we're serving Jesus. You're serving Jesus. I'm serving Jesus. And to Jesus, we stand or fall. I know that we lift one another up in prayer. I know that we encourage one another with good, you know, encouraging words. If we see somebody that's kind of going through, you know, if anybody be overtaken in a fall, Paul said in Galatians 6.1, you know, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. Try to help them up and encourage them because we all, you know, go through times or whatever. Amen. But he just said, hey, we all stand for our Lord, you know, one-on-one. Well, I'm not be judging your walk, and you're not judging my walk. Amen. To his own master he stands or falls. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Amen. Now, you know those judge, jury, and hangman people? When they stand, if they get to stand before God, hopefully they do. I mean, all of us will stand before God in some way. Amen. They're only going to give an account for themselves. And that's it. I can just stand, I can just see some people saying, Well, Lord, I've got another a long list of people that I was like helping you with while I was on earth. You know, and I just want to review their lives, you know, you know, and God's gonna say, Shh, nope. It's just you tell me what you did. Let's open the books. We're gonna be judged by the things written in the books. If everything goes good, your name's gonna be in that book. And you see it will be well done and you go through those gates. Otherwise, not so good. That's the bottom line. We're not standing there for anybody else. Just us. Verse 13, let us not therefore, because of what he just said, let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. Amen. Help me just to help my brother and my sister not put an occasion to fall. Praise God. Amen. Now, I don't want to give the impression that there's nothing for sure in the Bible because of what I just said and how God made some adjustments in some of those stories. Amen. 
the Bible is forever settled in heaven, you know, and the earth, heaven and earth will pass away before the word will pass away. And we are judged by the things written in the word of God. We know that. But I just want everyone to know that there's a, there's a heart of the law that we have to plug into. Amen. And, and let it be motivated by love and not by coming from like a, you know, uh, a judgmental type situation. And then we're going to be just fine. Because then we'll be humble, we'll just be worried about ourselves, and we'll be praying. You know what the best thing you can do for somebody? Don't judge them, pray for them. That's the best thing. Amen. If you, if you feel like even talking to them is not going to be good anymore, maybe you've chat with them, tried to help them, whatever, but now it could be counterproductive or you might run them off or turn them off. Amen. Pray. Pray. Prayer goes where nothing else can go. When you're done talking, prayer keeps going. Amen. When they lock you out, prayer can go behind a locked door, behind a locked gate. Amen. Can go anywhere. Can go out of state, out of the country. Amen. Somewhere else in the world, prayer goes everywhere. We just got to be, believe God. Judge not anything before the time. Amen. Until the Lord come, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the heart. God will do it. Everyone's going to stand before him. Nothing's going to get, you know, don't, don't worry. Everything's going to be taken care of, but I don't, we don't want any part of being a part of that. That's God's business. I just want to live for God. I just want to help other people live for God. Amen. That's what our focus should be. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Would you stand with me? Praise God. Lord, we praise you. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.